and of course father teach me like my religion father teach me discipline rules and uh, number one things it was respect and about michael jordan i think like it's really touched my heart when i watched the last dance did any thought cross your mind to say like what if i come back one more time did that ever cross your mind this is um In America, we have a few hundred genders. How many genders do you guys have in Russia? Am I safe though, or is there still a chance that there's danger for me? Tell them that I can smash your face. Who's the toughest puncher? Like, who's the hardest puncher with you that you felt that you said this was, this was a good punch? I think it was. So the next speaker we're going to bring up is going to be an interesting one. Let me tell you why. How many guys love UFC? Who loves UFC? All right. So, you know, think about how many in your life have ever gotten a black eye before? Raise your hand if you've had a black eye before. How many of you have gotten to a fight and you've had your nose bloody? Anybody's ever had a nose bloody, yes or no? Who's ever broken their nose before in a fight? Have you ever broken your nose before in a fight? So I want you to think about this. How many of you, hear me out for a second, of all the fights you got into, you fought a professional that has better precision to hit your nose to bleed? Or did you just uh, fight regular people in the streets? Regular people in the streets. Okay, so I want you to think about this here. There's a lot of things you can say about our next speaker. Many call him the coach of UFC. By the way, he's had 25, 29 fights. He has never ever lost a single fight ever ever and they say he's only lost one round but obviously i'm not going to say that in front of you guys because if i say it he's going to be very upset with me but they say there's been one round but we're in the back having a conversation together we're talking about marriage a great conversation with habib about marriage it's an inside joke but uh his manager and I are talking. He says, Patrick, do you realize why this man is the greatest of all time? I said, tell me why. He says, brother, Habib has never, ever had a bloody nose or a scratch on his face or a black eye ever in 29 fights with some of the greatest fighters in the world. Did you hear what I just said? In 29 fights, this has never happened. He is the most popular Russian on Instagram with 35 million followers, okay? Many call him the greatest. He's got a lot of, you know, when we're talking to him, we were having entertaining conversations, but he's also a very valued-based man. At nine years old, I was showing the video to Dylan. He didn't believe me. I said, Dylan, you know he wrestled bears. He said, no, he didn't. I said, I'm telling you, he wrestled bears. I don't believe you. How many of you guys don't believe me that at nine years old, he was wrestling bears? Who doesn't believe me? How many of you have seen the video of him wrestling bears at nine years old? He was wrestling bears at nine years old. Give it up to what many call the GOAT of UFC. Habib Nurmagomedov.
How you feeling? Great. Good? Yeah. So what do you think about when you're here in MGM Grand Arena? I think you got a couple experiences here. First of all, what's up, guys? How are you? Uh, this is... Uh, I fight on this arena twice. And, you know, it's like... It's, it's not a good place for you to joke too much, you know. It's, like, it's not a good place to joke too much. So, with, me, with me. Oh, for you. Uh, for you not to joke or for me not to joke? No, no, I think for you to for... joke with me. <laughs> <laughs> Even it's not cagey, it's like, right. it's a little bit still dangerous. So, am I safe though, or is there still a chance that there's danger for me? This is depends on you. This is, this is depends. <laughs> okay, so... Um, how many have, how many have, have seen him fight many times? How many guys have seen the fights with him? Okay. We can, we can talk about the fighting, but we were, we were having conversation in the back and you had a chance to meet my father. You met my, uh, uh my, uh, my wife. Um, you met the kids, you met the family, you met the friends. My relationship with my dad is very, very important to me as a father and a son. And I come from the Middle East as well. What role did your father play in your life in the way you look at life? You know, was, uh, <clears throat> my father was for me, is like, uh, he was, first of all, he was my father. Second, he was my coach. And we spent all my life, I spent time with him. Even when we was on training camp, like, you know, it was like at home, at the gym, like everywhere. I was with my father. And uh, he was like my friend, you know, I, it was like very, very close relationship with him, you know, and, uh, and the father was like everything for me. He, he was in the military and he was very much a disciplinarian when you study kind of what his background was. Was his style of father, you know, relationship with you, was he a friend from the beginning or was he first trying to discipline you, turn you into a man and then became a, a father-son friendship like was he a guy that would say i love you son you know would he kiss you on the cheek or would he kiss you on the head was he like that kind of a father was a lot of discipline uh, it's like in our culture it was like it's very hard to hear from father oh i love you it's very hard it's uh, because it's our culture but we show our kids we love you it's like i talk about when i was like 15 16 of course when i was like baby he said to me it's a lot but when you become like 15, 16, when you become like man, you know, it's like, it's like I say, like before, it's like a lot of people joke with me. It's like love make your heart weak. You know, it's like, you know what I'm talking about? Not agree? Do I what? You are not agree? Do I not agree? <laughs> yeah. I think I agree. No, I talk about like love make your heart weak. Yes. No? Love make your heart weak. <laughs> I'm joking. Right? Okay. By the way, and, uh, there's one thing about the Habib I got to tell you guys on the back. I, you know, you see him, you think he's very serious, but there's a, you know, there's a very uh, low-key underground funny side to you. The people that are close to you, do you have a sense of humor or is like, do you keep that to yourself? It depends like how I feel energy. Okay. Like if I feel good energy with you, I can joke. I respect you. it. Because... It was very good, fun talking to you in the back. It was very entertaining talking to you in the back. So go back to uh, with Pops. Yeah, it's like when I was like growing, like I realized like father is my like real friend. Like when I was like 15, 16, 
Before that, I was thinking like, well, this guy, why this guy pushed me too much? You know, it's like too much training, this, wrestling with the bears, like animals, like doing all this stuff. And I was competing in all sports, amateur, you know, like freestyle wrestling, Greco Roman, grappling, like combat sambo. Like I was competing in everywhere, like judo. And uh, like when I become like 15, 16, I become like very close with father. I realize like his system, I understand what he wants from me. I understand like everything and we become like very close. Before that, maybe, maybe because of like different of age or maybe I was like teenager, like I don't know. Before that, I was like, of course, I was following all his rules, but most of the time I was disagree with him. And, uh, and like 15, 16, I realized there is no freedom speech between you and, and your parents. There is no freedom of speech. No freedom. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you where you're, you're kind of like, you know what? A lot of this stuff my dad's been telling me has been right. You know, when I thought he was wrong, I'm, you know, this guy knows what he's talking about. Was there a moment for you there or was that around the 15, 16 age? No, it was like around 15, 16. 15, 16 age. Maybe 14. I don't remember. Like, like 14, 16. Like, Makes sense. Yeah. And, and what were some of the values you picked up from him? Meaning, like... Was there a set schedule? Was there like, you know, you got to do this, you got to be respectful, you got to train? What were some values? Because it's very obvious when I watch you or even in interviews or even the way you fought Connor, which we'll get into here in a minute, it's extremely obvious there is a couple things no one can disrespect with you, whether it's your faith and your father. In order to have that kind of loyalty, everybody has it, but to have it the level that you have it, there's got to be a certain level of admiration. What were some things your dad taught you that stuck with you at a young age? It's like about me, like all my life, I have schedule, you know. I have rules, I have discipline. And for me, it's all about numbers, you know. I have to do most of them, like all things, like on time. Like you have to wake up on like six, seven, you have to train after you come home, breakfast, go to school, come back, do homework, train, come back, eat, sleep, repeat. It's like this. You know, it's like a lot of people think like to become world champion, to become the best in the world. It's not easy things. You know, you have to be like full, you have to be focused on all your life. It's like, it's about sacrifice, like about 30 years. Like next month, I'm going to be like 35. I'm, I find myself on mats when I was like three, four. I don't remember like exactly what, but I beginning walk on the mats because when we was living in village, my father opened a uh, gym, first gym in, uh, in our house. And he begin train like guys from village. You know, I was like three or four years. And since that time, like all my life, I was training by my father and no, no day off, you know. I remember like all my life I was in the gym. And uh, from that point, like, uh, and of course, father teach me like my religion, father teach me discipline, rules. And uh, number one things, it was respect. You have to respect gym, you have to respect coaches, you have to respect your sparring partners, you have to respect all people, you cannot fight in the street because you know how to hurt people. It was like all about respect, you know. And when somebody tried to like bully me or disrespect me, and this is not a good idea, I think. <laughs> 
how old were you the, uh, when the first time you knew you were dangerous? Like meaning, like for a person to fight you, like you know you have access to certain skill sets that could really hurt somebody. I think it was 17 or 18. Got it. That time, because I'm from, I'm from Dagestan and we have traditional, like, like most of the old kids, they train, like doing some martial arts, like wrestling, boxing, judo, like whatever, but everybody train. Even like when you go to the school in your class, you have like 15 people, like who can give you a hard fight. <laughs> it's like become competition every day, go to school and come back, you know. But I, I, I grew up with my brothers and uh, they all was training. And uh, I have, of course, I have big support always. But anyways, you know, like when you fight, you fight, you fight alone. And uh, it was like big experience to growing in Dagestan, like between like 13 and 20th. I remember it was like too much fight in uh, in street. And when I was like 17 or 18, like I realized I I can hurt, like I can really hurt people. And I remember like father told me like, you cannot fight in street because I teach you all, all life how to how to how to become world champion and when you become 18 19 when you can hurt people you have to control yourself it's very dangerous this is almost same thing like gun you have gun and you have to control yourself and uh, yeah around like 17 18 yeah I, I can i was asking you in the back i said you know i can only imagine if somebody just sees you maybe they don't recognize who you are and they had one too many drinks and they try to pick a fight with you and what you tell them has that ever happened where somebody doesn't know who you are, they're a couple of times happen here in the US, but um, my hometown, like they all know me, it's like almost like I never have problem. Like, but here a couple of times I have that. What do you tell them? Do you say? I this? tell them, brother, I can smash your face. Like, <laughs> you have to be, you have to calm down. You just tell them very straight up. It was 2000. It was 2012 when I just moved to California. When I just signed with UFC, my English was. Like, my English was not good. And uh, it was between my gym and hotel. It was like five minutes walking and it was between, it was like supermarket. And every day I go inside, buy something, come. And one old lady on Casa, they, she know me. And I was waiting on the line and one drunk guy, he tried to bully me. He's like, was maybe 35 on that time, like 35 to 40. He was big guy. And he tried to bully like everybody, he was drunk. And, uh, and I told him, you have to be careful, like, because it's not a good idea to joke with me. Did he believe you? No, he, he just stopped and he realized this is real talk. <laughs> and he left me alone. He left you alone. I love it. Um, going back to, you said every day was training, you got to respect all the stuff that your father was telling you. Uh, Habib, was he selling you the dream that one day you're going to be a champion where you wanted to do it? Or was he setting the expectation, here's what you're going to do? Do you know what I'm asking? Like, was he saying, imagine one day you're going to be a champion, you're going to hold the belt, you're going to be yeah. so proud. For, or what he, was he saying, no, as a family, this is what we do. Out of our city, we're eagles. This is the, what was he selling you? No, no, no. It's like when just since like... First day I signed UFC, like in my mind, I was, I was UFC champion. Like it was no way somebody can stop me 
And father always told me, only one thing can stop you if like, I think it's like lucky punch. Otherwise, if you're not gonna stop trend like you trend now, if you're gonna still focus, I don't think somebody can stop you because you can wrestle, you can punch, you can do all these things all night. You know, you have good conditioning, you have big heart. I think you can, you can become world champion, just you have to be focused. And uh, like, not only just he say, I truly believe this too. You know, it's like, uh, like I was inside my heart, I was like, uh, I was competitive. Like even now, even I still like, uh, I believe I can beat like anybody in the world. Even now I'm not old. A lot of people forget about why I retired. Not, become, not because I become old. It was because um, I, I lost my father because he passed away and I don't want to do this without him. And uh, that's why I stopped. Not because I become old. I'm only 34 years old. You know this. You check my birthday. And, uh, September 28, 88, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, I was competitive since, I think, like, since when I was born, you know. Many people, many people, they train like 10, 15, 20 years. They have good skills, they, can, they know how to wrestle, punch, kick, everything, but inside they are not warriors. They are professional, but they are not warriors, you know? When, you, when you're professional and you inside your heart you're a warrior, these kind of people can become, like, can become champions and defend their title, like being the best in the world. I want to I come back to that. Um, because I do want to talk to you about the levels of competition. I don't want to forget that. But before I go there, um, I know when, when it comes down to athletes you like, you're a big, I believe, Muhammad Ali fan. I think you're a Michael Jordan fan. And I think you like Ronaldo. If I'm not mistaken, those are some of the athletes you like, right? And in an interview, you know, hey, if you could meet anybody, who would it be? You said Michael Jordan, right? And then you said when you were doing your documentary, I believe you said, uh, one of my friends told me to watch The Last Dance. He said, I already knew he was the greatest, but I didn't know his whole story. Then I, when I watched The Last Dance, I really realized who he was and I wanted to meet him. So it's a tricky question for you, okay? I don't want this to lead to a so, fight, but so I'm gonna okay. ask you. Go ahead, let's go. Um, Michael wins three. You seen all 10 episodes? Then he loses, then he wins. Three. Then he loses. No, no, he, he wins three, then his dad dies and he retires. Yeah. Okay. He Keep retires, going. and then his second drive was he made a comeback because it was to fight for him on his second time around of coming back. You're a very intuitive guy. When you watch that documentary, did that scene when he comes and he holds the thing and he's on, you know what I'm talking about, when he's on the floor in tears crying, did any thought cross your mind to say like, what if I come one back one more time, you know, dad, should I come back and did you, did that ever cross your mind? Like, first of all, I am not Michael Jordan, first of all. And of course, I watched this documentary and it's like best ever I ever watched. I don't know, like, I think many people here, they don't watch this because here's a lot of all business people, you know, it's like they all talk about money. And uh, 
And about Michael Jordan, I think like yeah, it, this episode, like this this uh, moment, it's really touched my heart. It's really touched my heart, and um, no, I don't think so. I don't why, think why so. Why not? Like, it, like because. Uh, I don't know. A lot of things. A lot of things. A lot of things come to my mind, you know, like, first of all, because of my mother. First of all, because of my mother. And, um, uh, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so leaves a little bit of open, though. It's not 100%. I don't think so. You said, I'm, you said, uh, you said, you, said, I, you said, I'm not Michael Jordan, right? Did you say, I'm not Michael Jordan because you, you want to say, I'm living my life and that's my life, that's his life? Or are you saying, I'm not Michael Jordan because you want to say, like, I'm not as great in my game as he was in his game? What do you mean by I'm not Michael Jordan? Now you play a game with me? I am. I am playing a game with you. It's my, what I do for a living. It's my job. I think, like, mentally, we close. Maybe he's better. Maybe. Because um, maybe he's better because I'm his fan, maybe. Maybe that's why. Because you're what? Because I'm his fan, maybe. That's why I think he's better. And, uh, but I'm, I'm sure we close. We close. Everything what he say, everything what he was doing on this, uh, uh, on this, all these episodes, like this is, I have this. And um, yeah, about comeback. I'm not sure. I'm like, no makes sense. No, for me, no makes sense. Maybe fans, of course, people want to see this. People want a drama. People want to like, this movie keep continues. Like, right now I'm full. You know, it's like, Last question on this, and I'll let it go. Last okay. question on this. Uh, so, do you have any sons? Do you have a son? I have two sons. Do you have any sons? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I'm sincerely curious to know what your answer is going to be to this. Um, say one of your sons follows your footsteps and God forbid something happens to you as a father and you're no longer here and your son no longer wants to fight. He says, if my dad's not here in my corner, I'll never fight. If that situation were to happen, would you encourage your son to fight or would you say, no son, you can stop fighting? What would you say to your son? Honestly, I'm going to let him choose what he wants. This is um, like... I'm going to let him choose. Uh, not because in my house we have freedom speech between <laughs> son and father. <laughs> I'm still boss. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let him choose. But like about about professional life, I'm not gonna force him at all. And because my father my father was great competitor. He was he was one of the best coaches. And uh, but like what between what difference between me and my father? I am world champion, and I'm not hungry to make my kids become world champion. But I don't know what my, my son is going to choose. But if you say, I'm, I'm, I want to be, be like you, I want to be world champion, okay, this is your choice. If you want, 
I'm just gonna help him, but I'm, I'm never gonna push him to to become professional athlete. You know, but but he have no choice about one things. He's a man, and he's gonna train. You have to be strong. Zero compromise. Zero complaint. And he's like now he's like almost six, and he train every day, and there is no choice. He's gonna train because if you man, you have to be strong. Habib, right. absolutely. Question for you. Uh, what, do, what do you think, in, in America, you know, there's a lot of weird things going on with parenting, kids, what they're teaching in schools, and we'll, we'll get into that here in a minute, but what, what do you think is a father's role in a son's life, and what is a father's role in a daughter's life? Do you think those are two different roles? I think so. I think it's like completely different. Please. Uh, first of all, like uh, about schools, our kids spend like, uh, first of all, they sleep eight hours, right? They wake up morning, they go to the school, they spend there like eight, nine hours. And we don't know with who they spend time. Maybe these teachers, you don't even know what they're thinking, what they have on their mind. And you let them to give education to your kids, it's very dangerous. If you not agree with this, these teachers on your life position, but you let them teach your kids, and when they become 16, you want they become like you. This is don't work. It's have, you have to control who teach your kids. And a lot of people miss this. And, um, wow. you know, it's like, a lot of crazy people, they're working in school too. A lot of, and they give education to your kids. But if you talk one and one with them, like, you're not gonna spend with them even five minutes. But they spend with your kids eight hours every day. What a point. You know, it's like very dangerous things. Yeah. You have to control this. And uh, about son and daughter, of course, we are not same. This is what I think, because woman is different, man is different. And, uh, and I think, uh, like, uh, man, man is like, like my son, like what I teach my son, I cannot teach my daughter. I'm like completely different with daughter and son. Maybe I'm a little bit strong with son, but I'm very open with my daughter. And, uh, and I don't know, I just, a couple years ago, become father, brother. Why are you pushing? <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> You bring your army <laughs> back from so many kids. Like, I think you have more experience than me to talk about this. Yeah. I, you know, I guess maybe one way to make sure the teachers teach your kid the right things is you just go and you say, if you teach my kids the wrong things, I will smash your face. Maybe that's kind of like a, you know what I'm saying? If you say that to the teachers, teacher's going to say, what would you like me to teach them? A very technical question for you. I know you're a math guy, and, and this one may be a tough question for you. If, you. if you're uncomfortable answering this one, I'm totally okay with that. In America, we have a few hundred genders. How many genders do you guys have in Russia? Just very, I know you're a math guy, that's so why I'm asking. I think maybe there's a... Right. <laughs> 
Here is like, I see only women and men. There is no, yeah. no between. Got it. Got it. No between. Many kids, you know, this is like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, first time in my life, a couple weeks ago, and I was in California, I was like, on coffee shop, it's like, I really want to go bedroom. It's like, can I go bedroom? Okay, they told me cold, and I'm coming like, two bedroom, all gender, all gender. It's like, what is this? Where I have to go? <laughs> First time I see it, like, I stop, like, I, I, I stay like five seconds there, like, where's woman, where's man? I lock the door. <laughs> Anybody inside? <laughs> okay. It's like... I don't know, but I, I, I grew up in, uh, when in very traditional place, in very tra with very traditional family. I'm very happy with this. Like, I am from big mountains, and we have only two gender. <laughs> well, you know, listen. That's, that's in the mountains. But when you live in cities in America, there's like 40, 50 genders. Because here, math is like uh, very important to them. So they kind of want to mess with it. It's like them. I have to be careful. <laughs> you have to be careful here. You have to be careful here. But uh, it, it, just, just a question. If, if you're, you know, with this one, you're uh, in America right now, we got a lot of craziness going on here, a lot of weird things going on there. You know, you see numbers from us. We're not in Russia. We don't go to Russia. You see approval rating, you know, saying Putin's approval rating is 80 plus percent. Why do you think people in Russia love him so much? What is it about him that people in Russia love? You know, it's like, in Russia, it's like, if you have very small things, people happy. There is like, people don't make like, Five ten thousand a month, you know. It's like I talk about dollar, not rubles. And uh, it's like I don't know, like where I'm from, like from Dagestan. I'm from Dagestan. We don't need too much. Like, like Dana asked me, brother, why you never ask me how much I'm gonna pay you to come back? Say, brother, doesn't matter. Even if you give one hundred million dollars, it doesn't matter for me. You know why? Because I'm from Dagestan, and we have traditional, and we have, uh, we have, um, like, when we talk with our mothers, it's everything for us. This is everything. Like, I was talking with my mother, we make decision, we make the plan, it was, it's gonna be my last fight, like, finish. Like, uh, it's a it's hard question, but we completely different people, I think. Because I was, I was living there. I I I am I'm living in U.S. since 2012, like more like 11 years. I know U.S. U.S. people's like mentality. I know Russian people mentality. It's like completely different people, and uh, but I really like people here. Not on like not only Russian people. I really like U.S. people too because they all so nice people. They don't care about what happening in politics, games, everything. Like in regular, like people like 
I go outside, like, you, you know, this is only place where I can go outside by myself, drink coffee, sit, er, like, alone. It's like, this is only one place, even in Russia, in Dagestan, in, like, uh, Middle East, in Europe. I cannot go nowhere because all the time people bother me. But this only one country, I can wear whatever I want, cover myself, no mask, I go to the Starbucks, sit one hour, drink coffee, and enjoy with my life. <laughs> no. I love it. This is only one country. And there is, if you want to bring me like to political games, I, I, have, I have chance to become like big political, like working like this, but I don't want this. And everybody knows this. I want to stay away from political because politics, things never stop. It's always change. It's always never stop. It's like it's going to be always some problems, these, these things. I just want to be like a regular human, you know. If I can, people, I'm going to help people. And I help people. If I cannot, brother, everybody have limits. Yeah. Even you, me, everybody. I was best in the world, but I have limits. Like with money, with our eyes, with our power, God give everybody's limit. Even if you have 150 billion dollars on your bank account, even you, Zach Zuckerberg, is gonna be Elon Musk, who's richer than you. You know, it's like, it's like uh, everybody have limit. You know, and I don't wanna play politic games. I don't wanna do this. I just wanna help people, inspire people to spend my time with my family, with my, with my mother, with my kids, and just being a good, good person. And this is my goal. And Respect. I'm the same way, you know, I, I don't like to talk a lot about politics. It's, yeah. it's just I'm not a fan of politics, but so. But who knows? People like drama. They like drama. They like See, they're drama. laughing right yeah. now. They think this is a joke. We're having a serious conversation. Yeah. So, uh, Habib, uh, um, you know, you said um, there is levels to fighting, right? It's, it's easy now for you to, to do what you're doing. For 30 years, you were training from three, four years old. You know, like, it's been nonstop, okay, nonstop. And... In, in the competitive space, there's a lot of different things. Like when it comes down to competition, one person could be better in skill sets, but mentally they're weak, or temptations, or habits, or distractions, or friendships, or picking the wrong coach, studying the wrong philosophy, getting distracted, opponent confusing you from your game plan, and you're going this way. As you've gone from the levels of a kid learning how to fight to next level, to next level street fight, 17 years old, you, you know, boom, and then next, then you're champion, the, great, the best in the world. What have you noticed at each level where you're like, yeah, that guy's not, not going to be able to compete because he's not willing to do X, Y, Z. What have you noticed at each level? <clears throat> you know, it's like in fighting game, they have, there is, there is levels. They're, they have levels, for sure. Like, for example, on this arena, I was 23 years old, and I have only one fight in UFC, and it was my second time in my life I see cage. Because when I was competing in Russia, 
it was no cage, it was ring. And I was fighting versus 29 years old, 14 ranked in the world. He had 17 fights in UFC, and one of the best, he was one of the best of that time. I was fighting with Leyson Tibau, and it was like very tough fight for me. I win like unanimous decision. But this fight brings me on different level. Because I compete with him, we share cage together, and I beat him, I become on another level. And every fight can bring you on another level. If you between fights, gonna learn. If you between fights, non-stop and train. And uh, this is, I talk about experience. But they have, there is one more thing like about your mental toughness. Because when you go to the cage, you have so many emotional come same time on your head. And you have to live this. They, every emotional, they have separate places. But if everything come on your mind and this can make you weak, this can make you break, uh, this, is all, this is can make you, make you strong, you know? It's like... Uh, this, these things, uh, these things, uh, big difference between regular fighters and champions. And, you know, and, um, <clears throat> for example, it was 2012 here. And after six years, I fight neighbor in, like, neighbor arena, T-Mobile arena. It was biggest fight in UFC history. Like, billions of people watch. And it was like big pressure. This guy, like you say, he was talk too much. You're talking about Connor. Like, yes, I talk about Connor. Yeah. yeah. And it was like very big fight, and and it was like big pressure on me. And I remember when I was talk with my father, and he told me, "Hey, remember, you know how people make diamonds? Diamonds make it on under big pressure." If you can handle this pressure, you're going to become diamond. But if you lose, you're going to be loser. Just be careful. You have, to, you have to understand. You have to understand what you want. When time comes, you have to shine. And it was very good advice for me. I remember because he was, he was in Dagestan because he didn't have visa. He could not come to support me. I was here in Vegas. <clears throat> I handled this. And, uh, but I was cornering a lot of guys. I see a lot of fights and, and I can say like a lot of guys, they broke before they come to the cage. Broke. Broke. But inside the, inside the gym, they are like beasts. But when time come, when you go to the arena, when 16,000, 20,000 people look at you, you cannot shine because they cannot deal with the emotion. You know, it's very hard to control because so many things come same time on your head. How do you deal with it? You no, know, I cannot say like exactly the way how I deal with this. Like, I think like, uh, I think you have to born with this. This is what I think. You think so? You can train yourself. You can, you can, you can have like, you can become like experienced fighter, train yourself, everything, but if you are not, if you don't have like this uh, mentality, like somebody gonna break you. So it's not like you're sitting there, 
you're praying to God or you're thinking uh, about what your dad told you, you're going to a nice place in your life or you're tapping into comments of what that person said or you're going to your game plan, you're not doing that. This is different things. This is about what you believe. This is about what your, your, about your faith, you know? Like what I believe, like anything can happen with you, this is for reason. And uh, it's like, if you lose, you lose. But of course, I don't want to lose. But like, it's very hard to explain. Uh, it's very hard to explain. But, you know, this is about your faith. Like, my, like maybe people going to think, oh, this guy too much. Like, uh, how to say it, too comfortable. Not Religious? Comfortable. No underestimate underestimate you cannot underestimate like like my mind was like how this guy can stop me i train all my life every day no day off how this guy can stop me okay only one way how he can stop me stop me like it's supposed to be like lucky punch or something like this otherwise like i'm gonna try to take this guy down if this guy stopped me one time i'm gonna try to 100 time and it was work always you know and it's like, uh, but you never was on fighting game. I don't think you're going to understand me. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. So I'm asking, I'm trying to learn your world. Uh, but you know, it, there's some of, some of uh, uh, the mindset stuff that applies in different areas of life where in sales, sometimes you're coming across a, a sale or an opportunity where if you close this or you recruit this person, it could be a life-changing business deal. And some people go in nervous. They don't know how to handle it. Some people go in and they deliver. So it applies. To business, very different with the pressure on you guys. You got eyeballs. Like when you're going to go sell an insurance policy, there's 48 million people watching you. It's just you and the family, right? So 2.4 million, by the way, people watched the biggest fight ever, pay-per-view fight ever in the history of UFC was Habib against Conor. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Holds the record for the biggest fight ever. When? Absolutely. So... When Connor was saying what he was saying to you, were you, because you were listening to what he was saying. You know how some people are like, they're acting like they're not listening? Like you, because he was to your left. You're listening and looking at what he's saying and you're actually internalizing the words. Why are you doing that? Are you doing it because you need and want more rage to destroy him? Or are you doing it because you actually are paying attention to what he has to say no, I like to listen to people when they talk. It's very interesting because you can listen to them and you can understand where is their IQ. You understand what I mean? Yeah. If you are stupid, what you can do? You cannot do nothing. How you can, if you cannot handle with yourself, how are you going to control myself? How, like, if you cannot control yourself, if you, control, if you cannot control your family, you have to be quiet. Just don't talk in front of a lot of people because they're going to understand who you are. It's better don't talk, you know? And, uh, like, I was listening to him. Okay, maybe he says something like good things. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, it's like everybody makes mistakes. I was listening to these guys, like, course, this, this, this. I'm like... Okay, these kind of people, they're never going to beat you. This is two different levels. You have to be a little bit 
at least you have to be smart because when you go to the cage, there is a lot of things. Your head have to work, you know. And I will, when I listen to him, I understand his level. When you listen to him? I listen to him. Of course, we're sitting on press conference. Right. This guy talked all this. Is that why you said, I have him? Or did you know before? No, because there is skills. No way we're on same level, okay? Because my skills, like fighting, his skills, is different, you know? Uh, this is what I was believing, you know? But, okay, let's listen to this guy. Maybe he's like... Where is his mind, mental, you know, mental part? But when I listen to him, okay, this is your level. Okay, welcome to the cage. October 6th, we're going to talk. I'm going to show you who you are. This is, this is what I was telling all press conference. We will see. In the, when, when you fought a lot of different people, you fought Dustin, who's a great stand-up guy. You fought Justin, you fought Connor. These guys are all guys that pack a good punch. Who's the toughest puncher? Like, who's the hardest puncher with you that you felt it? You said, this was, this was a good punch. I think it was Justin Gaethje. He hit like truck. Justin Gaethje. Yeah. <laughs> he hit like truck. But it was one thing what breaks him. Like, when he hit me, like, I remember it was right uppercut and left hook. Like, it was his best, best shot. In the fight, and I told him, like, brother, this is everything what you have. That's what you told like, him? I was talking with him. Like, it was conversation inside yeah. the cage. I like Justin Gaethje, you know, like, and I was talking with him, like, he, like, after this combination, I told him, brother, this is everything what you have. And uh, end of the first round, he, he started to, like, tired, and I told him, brother, this is jet lag, because you come to Abu Dhabi one week before the fight. I'm here one month. And I feel, I know what is this, where I was after one week. Because this is like desert. You have to be there like at least a couple of weeks before the fight. And I know myself like one week before, uh, one week when I came, like I cannot sleep. You know, I sleep only a couple hours a day. Like in training, I'm tired. And I'm like, okay, this guy landed Saturday and he fights Saturday. It's going to be his peak jet lag. And I'm like, and wow. inside the cage, I told him, brother, you have jet lag. And, and I catch him. <laughs> I catch him, I feel, wow. you know, I feel. Like, there is, this is mental game. This is not only about your skills. You have to be, you have to be 100% with your mental and skills. When everything comes together and you're not old, when you're 32 years old, your skills is good, your mental is good, everything comes together, then you can shine. Do you, do you, do you fight... Better angry, or do you fight better more just at peace, focus on the game plan? No, no, no. You have to be relaxed. These this kind of things teach me my coach, Javier, from American Kickboxing Academy, a.k.a. And uh, I remember when I first time come to a.k.a., he let me spar. My English was like almost zero. And, uh, and he told me, like, relax, relax. I'm like... Relax, sounds like I have to push hard. It's like, okay, I push hard, push hard. And all the time this guy, he was like, like, hey, you have to listen to me, relax. And I'm like, okay, relax, I have to go hard. I'm sparring, you know. And after one year, I realized, relax, you have to calm down. And I'm come to the coach, I told him like, coach, sorry about that. Because I was thinking like always like, relax, I have to push hard. 
He said, no way. <laughs> you really thought relax had a different meaning? Yes, yes. Oh my God. That's... Because I, at that time I know, yes, yes, no, yes. no, let's go. It's like oh, first round. classic. Like, like relax, it was something new for me. Okay, relax, I'm like, sounds like. Destroy him, like he, yeah. he thought it had a different meaning. That makes sense. So we sh I shouldn't say to you right now, listen, Habib, just relax. It's going to no, be No, no, okay. now I know. Now, now I know. Don't what worry about this. No, no, I'm relaxed. Now. I'm safe. So, so I, I, it's interesting you say that because when I watched you fighting Conor, you know, I felt like you were fighting for your country, for your last name, for your father. Like when you beat him at the end, he you were not letting go. So I, you didn't seem too relaxed. You know what I'm saying? You seemed like you wanted to keep going, like you really wanted to hurt him. What was different about the fight with Conor than all the other fights? Uh, on this fight, I was very relaxed. But when fight, <laughs> no, I'm honest. Like, like it, I was like, I, I was controlling myself since when we're beginning everything, like all press conference, this, this, way and everything. I was controlling myself. And uh, yeah, like end of the fight, uh, it was, I think it was too much. What you lost think? a little control? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Was, was because it? I'm human too. Everybody yeah. makes mistakes, you know. But this fight, this choke, it was not mistake. It was my plan. Make him tired and choke him out. This is what I told them. I'm going to bring you to the deep ocean. What do you, what do you think about uh, Conor? Uh, as, as in regards to, like, you know, you have the best uh, pay-per-view. He's got four out of five. When you think about his level of promotional, marketing, selling, you know, when he fought, you know, Mayweather, the smack-talking, you know, that part of the game that kind of elevates UFC and now yourself being a coach and you have your own league and you're, you know, developing fighters and you're running your own league. Are you, if a person comes in that they're going to be like that and loud like Connor, are you going to say, relax, relax? Or now your role has kind of changed. You're kind of like the Dana White. Are you now sitting there saying, I got to go find my Connor that's loud so we can sell more pay-per-views? Or do you want most of them to be relaxed? I think it's, I think it's too much attention for him. Too much attention? What do you think? I think if you want to sell pay-per-view, you know, it's a marketing strategy. I mean, yesterday I went to Dana White, uh, invited me over. I, had, I was with him yesterday, briefly, and he has this super slap thing. I don't know if you've watched the super slap videos. You've never seen it. I saw I said, but I don't follow this. You don't follow the sport, yeah. Because yet. in our, our mentality, like, slap, it's not good. Like, slap, it's, it's better to punch face. <laughs> you prefer no, better. punching than slapping. No, no, don't slap nobody. Like, Let slap is not good. Like. No, no good? No good. Why? You cannot slap men, no. Because, like, how are you going to slap men? It's not good. What do you think about the Diaz? He, he likes this to slap people like, from Stockton. No, this is all, this is, I don't know, for America it's okay. I don't know, like, for me it's not okay to slap. Even if I am going to have chance, I'm never going to slap people. Better punch his face. This is different mentality, you know. So. I got it. So it's kind of like you're going to fight a guy and say, listen, because I have respect for you, I'm going to punch you in the face instead oh, of okay. slapping you. Okay, push him, like, but never slap. Like, you can. Is that because it's an it's better insult? Better is kicking, like, but, huh? 
insult. No, because like slap to the face. It's like very disrespectful. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah insult. I got you. So now as a coach, you know, so we got last five minutes here. Habib, as a coach, you know, sometimes like um, as a performer, you know your drive, right? You know your ambition. You know for a person to be the best in the world, you have to push yourself to certain levels that even others can't push you. You have to go even more than your coaches are pushing you sometimes, right? Then you flip and you become a coach, okay? And you're coaching others. And you see somebody that's got a lot of talent and capabilities of going, and these, this guy can actually be a major fighter, but you notice certain areas, you know, you push, they break, or something happens to them. How, how hard or different is it for you to go from the mentality of a fighter mm -hmm. to now you have to teach that fighter mentality and coach these guys? It's very sensitive things to coaching somebody. But when I was growing, like my father was coach. He was my coach and he was training other people too. And I was seeing like how he trained, how he coach, his style, everything. When I moved here, like 2012, and uh, I, I become very close with Coach Javier, and I have like 11 years, this is big time. And uh, I get from him this experience too. And when I finish my career and starting coaching, guys to cornering like on that time I already have very big experience to coaching and I know how to I know how to affect people I know what they want and it's very dangerous things when you don't train somebody's like eight weeks like or three months or you don't know his skill and you try to corner him it's very dangerous but you don't know nothing about him what you're gonna give what advice gonna give him because there is not only skills, there is about mental things too. Like you have to understand each other with your, with your student, with your fighter, you know. It's, uh, like it's very dangerous. Like when I was like maybe 14, 2014, 15, I remember like when somebody asked Coach Javier to coordinate somebody, he said, no. I'm like, Coach, come on, be humble. <laughs> People ask you because you're a famous coach. He said, no, this is, don't work like this because I don't know this guy. I don't train him. How I'm going to corner him? Because I don't know his mental game. I don't know his, his preparation. I don't know his skill, wow. his background. Yeah. If I'm going to just go there with water, give him water, hey, do this. This is, this is don't work like this. Never do this. I'm like, it was almost 10 years ago. I'm like, I don't understand him right now. I understand because it's very hard things. It's very hard things. You have to be close with your fighter, with your student. And you have to understand, you guys have to understand each other, you know, very good. Like connection is like very important connection and energy. I believe energy. I believe connection. You know, some people take energy, some people give energy, you know, it's like there is uh, so many things. It's very sensitive. Thing. I, I, I want to go a little bit more on this because I, 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 we talk about how in, in the coaching phase, when you're working with somebody and developing them, you go from being their friend first, then you mentor them, then you challenge them. First, we have a relationship. We break bread. bread. Maybe you come over to my house. I cook for you. And I'm learning about you. I'm learning about your father. I'm learning about your mother. Now we have some kind of a trust together. Then I see how big you want to go. Then I see what your dreams are. Then I give you a direction. I say, look, if you're serious, here's what I would do. Then you mentor them. And then it gets to a point that you have to challenge them. The next phase is more pain. The next phase, you have to push a little bit more. The sensitivities, 
how do you find out how big somebody thinks that you can push them to that level? I don't know if you understand. Like, let's just say if I'm wanting to train with you and my outcome is just to be a good fighter locally, mm-hmm. and then you fight with somebody else and this guy's like, no, I want to be a champion, or I want to go into UFC, or I want to go to get a belt or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. How can you identify who is the person that's going to go to that level and who's not? It's very easy, honestly. It's not that hard. With my experience, it's very easy. You know, I can train with him a couple of days and I understand what he wants. And a lot of guys, I tell them, brother, you don't have to spend too much time because you want to work, you want to, you want to work and you want to train. It's, don't work like this. You have to spend, you have to sacrifice all your life if you want to become champion. But same time, you, if you have to make money, for you to live, it's better make money. Because if you are not, not ready to sacrifice everything, even 1%, you have to, it's have to be like 100%, you have to be focused to become world champion. If you're working every day like six hours and you want to train like four or five hours and you have to sleep, eat, like a lot of things, you know, like between trainings, you have to train after sleep, then nighttime you come again train. You know, it's like there is so many things you cannot do. And one of the things like what father always told me, you don't need to work. You don't need to just stay focused, train, and your time going to come. You don't need to. I remember like when I was 18, 19, I'm like, father, I'm like a little bit shy to you ask money all the time because I'm not kid anymore. Like, like why you need money? For what? You have house, you have food. This is money for you to go training and come back, sleep, train, eat, repeat. Why you have to work? Like, stay focused. Your time going to come. And I'm like, okay, because I don't have choice. <laughs> you had no choice with it. I think many people here, they don't understand this kind of connection between father and son, I think. like uh, You think they do or they don't? They don't. Tell me why. Because America, freedom, too much freedom. Oh, wow. It's have to be always I rules. I understand. You have to put always rules. There is like, without rules, it's like even mixed martial arts, we do everything, but we have rules. You can do whatever you want, but don't bite. You know, you cannot bite. Don't go to the balls, eyes. You understand what I mean? Yeah. There is rules. Like, we call it like, like 30 years ago, it was like no rules fighting. It was like this. But there is always was rules. Because people call it because we can wrestle, you can punch, you can kick, you can choke, you can do everything. And people think there is no rules fighting. But there is so many rules. It's like, it doesn't matter where you're from, Russia or U.S. It has to be always rules, discipline, and schedule, you know. Last question. When I, uh, uh, I watched a video with you uh, wrestling with a bear. Right, and I showed it to my son. He didn't believe it. He's like, "There's no way that's a real video with the bear." I'm gonna wrestle with him. You gotta wrestle with him. He's the one that shook your hand. He was talking to you, but um, wrestling with the bear. But I also watched the videos with you and your dad, where it's this one. I don't know where you guys are at, and you're trying to take him down, and you can't. You know which one I'm talking about? There's a video where, you know, he's holding, he's holding, he's holding. You're trying to take him down, and you're like, "Look, he's not letting me take him down." You know. With the, with the fighting, that relationship, the dynamic, when, when was it when you 
you knew you could beat your dad or even till the end you could never beat your dad yeah no 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 like my dad always say when you go to the mats there is no father and brother like you my enemy come here it was like this <laughs> but but when i was like i think 2021 it was close fight not fight like wrestle we wrestle always and i think when i was like 23 when i just become ufc fighter i just signed contract that time it's a little bit change i feel like when i go with him it's like uh, even 21 it was still close fight like close, close wrestling match you know like grappling wrestling and um, right 23 24 i i start to give him problem you know like around like when i was grapple or wrestle with him i can make him tired a little bit like i feel it because between us it was like 26 27 26 years old when i was 23 he was like 48 or how many what do you think you good with numbers 23 when i was 23 23 he was what he was what he was 48 no he was 46 or 45 He's 40. You told me you check everything about. I don't know his Come birthday. On. You didn't tell me his birthday. You told you me. You said December 11th. Father born 1962. Ah, well, but what what I am 1988. When yeah. I was 23, how old was my father? Now you're giving me the It's cool. It's cool. He said 68, 20 years. Come on, you make so many millions. You don't know numbers <laughs> like Come on. Let's go. He was You're 88. No, 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 no. 19, 1962. Yeah. I am 1988. So 20. When I was 23, how was how old was my father? 49. Wow. This guy. Yes or this no? Guy, wow. Did I miss it? Me. <laughs> I think I got it, no? But you know what I'm learning based on what you said about raising boys and 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 can we make some noise if you're a proud father of a son? All right. Guys. Alejandro, I think you're going to like this. From listening to you, I figured out what we do wrong in America by raising boys. I think in Russia, fathers where you're from, they they instead of, you know, having their kids get different gifts, they have them wrestle with a real bear. In America, fathers give their sons a teddy bear. It's very different. <laughs> so I say, say so maybe more we need to kind of like practice saying, "Hey son, you want to be a man? Go wrestle a bear." Anyways, give it up. Habib, no Muhammad. Thank you so much. Brother, thank you so much, man. This was great. Let's take a picture. Let's. Thank you. Give it up, Habib. Thank you so much.